You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to The Horny Housewife. I'm your host, Jordan, and here it's the co-ed locker room, and we discuss all things better sex, dating your spouse, marriage as a fucking whole, and I'm answering your weird, nasty, cool, totally relatable listener questions. Happy Monday. It's me, Jordan. Guess what? This is going to be a bomb episode, okay? We're talking freaky shit, listener questions mushrooms. There's a guest, so you're going to get another girl's voice. I mean, what more could you ask for? That's rare. I'm a solo podcaster. I'm selfish. Hashtag narcissism. It's a clusterfuck of deliciousness. You're going to love it. Now, before we kick off this episode, just a little housekeeping, a little housekeeping. I wanted to tell you I have a fourth. I, I had to make the fourth Instagram account. Okay. Three are down. Guess third's not the charm. I'm fucked up about it. Don't want to talk about it. Do you want to hear me rant about Instagram? Probably not. All I know is that someone's out to fucking get me. Uh, underscore the horny housewife podcast underscore the horny housewife podcast. Go follow me. Pity follow me. I have 44 fucking followers. Thank you. It's fun starting over. <laughs> it's fun. Just FYI, if I do give up, okay, because TikTok 40,000 strong, woo, the podcast ain't going anywhere. It ain't going anywhere. So if I need to like take a step back so that I don't smash my head through the drywall, then that's what I have to do. Also, I said that I am going to start off each episode with a story time. I don't know for how long. I'm not committing 100%, but I'm going and I'm going f- until I run out of stories or something, a better idea pops up. But right now, I want a way to tell you random sex stories, funny, interesting, whatever, embarrassing, and I don't want to have to make a whole episode about it. So... Story time is going to be my hook, line, and sinker, aka my intro segment. So let's get it started. Okay. Once upon a time, I lived in Nashville. Nash Vegas is what we called it. And I went to college in San Antonio for reference. I dropped out. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, I met a guy. Let's call him Todd. Todd is totally fucking fitting. Todd. He, he was a one-syllable name, so Todd is fitting. Todd 
was what kind of build was he? He was tall. He was over six feet. Okay, he was tall. He had a little extra meat on him, pushing cushion for the pushing. Is that what we like to say? Uh, but it wasn't like dad bod. I guess it was dad bod, maybe a little extra than dad bod. Okay. But dressed nicely, good old country boy. Not my type though. That's not my type. Okay. Just never been the kind of guys I really dated. Nothing against them. I actually kind of dated a guy like this. Anyways, get to the point. You ADHD bitch. I was in Nashville and on the FB, he said he was coming in town, okay? And I was single. He was single. He had a great job. He wanted to take me out. Fucking take me out. I'll take a free dinner, drinks, and a good old time. It's not like I signed up. I'm not, you know, the hooker of the evening. He wants to go have fun. Let's go have fun. Cool. I totally was a fucking hooker that evening. Anywho, we go to Red Door, if you know what Red Door is. We went to Blue Bar, which I'm sure Blue Bar has turned into something probably dark by now, but at the time it was still accessible and pretty fun. So we went to Red Door, we went to Blue Bar, if you know, you know, we went to Rebar, we went to Winners, we went to Losers, and I think I did recreational drugs that evening. Anywho, we were up for a long time. I lived way too close to fucking Broadway, too much trouble. I only lived there for a year because I probably would have died. Anywho, this man comes back and we end up hooking up. It wasn't the best sex I've ever had. It was just not the best sex I ever had. It was just barbaric, but not in the way I like, like a clumsy barbaric. I wasn't feeling the chemistry he felt like he re- I, it, I, I don't know. That's that little stutter I did was basically really sums up how I felt about the sexual experience. It was a long time, too long. I was like, mm, and maybe it was because I did recreational drugs that evening. I don't know. But I know I wasn't, I wasn't into it. We didn't have the passion there, okay? The next day, I wake up. I just want him to fucking leave. I just want him to go. I am now, you know, my soul is trying to trickle back into my body. And, the, you know, the door, it's dark, but it's cracked. And light's trying to shine in to awaken her soul. I just need rest. I need blackout curtains that I don't have. And I need to recover. And I need you to get the fuck out of my house so that I can walk around naked, maybe go throw up two times, order Chinese food and eat on my couch in peace, please. Okay. I don't want to wash my hair. I don't want to care what I look like. I want to recover from the mistakes that I made last night, but no, no, he wants to fucking hang out. Okay. So I'll just rewind because we missed an important part. I wake up and you know how I wake up? I wake up feeling a boner intruding in the spoon position. So I'm the little spoon, not consensually. Like I didn't want to be the little fucking spoon, but here I was, I passed out. I didn't know I, and I'm totally not saying non-consensual. That was totally a joke for legal reasons. Anyhow, no one knows who the fuck Todd is. So Todd proceeds to, you know, start, you know, initiating 
round two. That's not going to happen. First of all, I feel strung out. I think I slept an hour and a half and I flipped flopped like a burger on a grill. She's tired. I would love a Xanax and a nap. Leave me the fuck alone. And Chinese food. Like I said, it was at the time I was 22 years old and Chinese food was the the best way out of a problem. She's come a long way. I'm 32 now. This was a decade ago. So if anyone's judging me, go fuck yourself. This is not the podcast for you. If you're judging me whilst laughing, you can stay. If you're judging me and then are self-aware about the judgment and then you feel bad, you can stay. Okay. Moving on. So he's behind me. I'm like, oh, fuck my fucking life. I start to hear like, like I hear, I hear porn. I hear, uh, 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 I'm like, oh my God, he's watching porn. And I, before I could even turn, he, I see two big old arms coming over, you know, from behind the spoon with his phone in his hand and porn playing. And I was disgusted. Okay. Completely not the time, completely not the place. I it, I, it was like I saw a pedophile. I was ick, 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 ick. You disgust me. Now, I did not do that or freak out on him. And that was very harsh that I used the P word in regards to my ick. But the ick was definitely there. And I instead politely was like, no, I don't feel good. I'm going to barf on you. Like, no, <laughs> get the fuck out. And he tried and he failed and it didn't happen. And I don't, he turned it off. Like it wasn't, thank God he didn't like keep going with his pornography. I was not, no, I, my lips were locked tight. My little dehydrated lips were locked tight and my self tanner was splotchy and my hair was tangled. And I, like I said, wanted him out, but no, what happens? Homeboy, Toddy Todd gets up and acts like he wants to go to breakfast. And I'm like, no. I was like, you know what? This is what you do, right? You pull the I gotta go card. I was like, I really need to go. I have to go grocery shopping, run some errands. All I was going to do was get in my car, wait till he left and walked right back inside my house, lock the door, sage the house and block him on Facebook. And then uh, he sits on the couch turns my TV on, says, run your errands. I'll be, I'll be right here waiting for you when you get back. Good thing I didn't have any weapons. Good thing I didn't have any weapons in my home. But I said, no, dude, you gotta fucking go. Okay. You gotta go. It's over. When I lose my temper, it's lost. And now I'm going to cause some damage. I'm going to burn the bridge. And he pushed and he pushed. (laughs) Poor guy. But no, I was just like, no, dude, you've got to go. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't feel good. I don't want to hang out. And so he left and I never left. So I don't know if he waited in the car to see if I was going to run my errand or if he just left. But he did. Todd did hit me up a couple of times after. And the thing is, is, I didn't even do anything. I just fucking laid there. I really, I mean, okay, maybe there was a couple positions. I think I was just on my back and then doggy. And then that, that was a wrap. I don't know what made him want to talk to me again, but I never wanted to, maybe it was the location of my apartment, you know? I never wanted to speak to him again, and and that was that, and that was the last time that I spoke to Todd. 
you know what? No wonder my husband does not want to listen to the podcast. Makes perfect sense. Sometimes I'll be like, I can't believe that you don't listen to the podcast. Like, you know, I saw a meme that said, if he cares, you'll know he cares. And I don't know he cares. So you don't fucking care. (laughs) Hashtag toxic. (laughs) Hey, yo, what's your freak number, girl? What's your freak number? What the fuck does that mean? You know what it means, and I'm here to tell you all about it. I was doing a TikTok live the other day. I know. (laughs) Who have I become? I was doing a TikTok, and I suck at them. I, I like literally sit there, and I'm like anxiously, frantically trying to think of a topic, you know, talking out of nervousness with the fucking strangers on the other side of the screen. They're not giving me jack shit. You know, sometimes I'm doing my makeup. Someone's like, why the fuck is she doing her makeup? Very not on brand. And, you know, then there's people saying they're going to come on the screen. I feel like cyber attacked. And it's just a strange world out there. It's a very mad world. You were right, Gary Jules. Also, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, your freak number. So I was talking about that, and someone was like, freak number? And I'm like, Jesus, Mary Joseph, we have to do a freak number episode. What am I doing? And then it dawned on me. How the fuck can I do an episode talking about what makes someone freaky or not freaky? Like, truly. Because what... Todd may think is, ooh, she's a freak. Maybe Jeff is like, "Ah, bitch is prude. I I need a little wilder and out. Or you know what? She's a little vanilla for me. Maybe one guy's kinky is another guy's out of like beyond. Maybe she's just mediocre. You know, it's all, it's all perspective. It's all perspective. So I guess if I'm just sharing what I think is freaky, I mean like the freakiest, like a 10, it'd probably be like shit that I don't want to (laughs) do, honestly. So, but there's plenty of women, men who would be like, sign me up. Where's the sign up sheet? I'm game. And obviously I think, does it? I mean, now I'm questioning myself. Does it vary between a woman and a man? You know, I think when it comes to hooking up with same sex, that can be viewed. There's a stigma around that. Let's just call it for what it is. Real talk over at the Horny Housewife. I, my opinion is that woman on woman, girl on girl, female on female is, you know, has been normalized. I know, I can't believe it, but to be, but can you? To be sexy, hot, ooh, taboo, uh, sexy, he's a badass, he's a baller, he's a fuckboy, he's a player, he's getting it. A girl hooks up with two guys, she gets called a slut, a whore, uh, a She's a property. She's a piece of shit. She's a, you know what I mean? I think there's a little bit of a double standard there, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but that's just what I see. And then also I think that if a guy was to do same sex stuff, like if a girl's doing it, like, oh, that how cool she's a baddie. She's bi. She appreciates the beauty of other women. Like, hell yeah. Okay. But if a guy does it, then he's gay. 
Like, there's no way that he's bi, he's gay. and Or he'll get shit and be made fun of and all of his guy friends will hate him. So I do think that there is double standards with that kind of stuff. You feel me? And wow, I could really go on and on and on because there's thoughts that keep popping up into my head that are like, well... I mean, think about it. I used to make out with girls in high school for attention. Like where you'd be at a party with your best friend and it's like, everyone's like, make out, make out. And it's like, okay. Like, you know, just being a dumb bitch, basically. Like that's my best friend. I don't give a fuck about swapping spit with her. Like, no, am I having wet dreams about her? No, I'm not. She's my best friend. I almost look like her like a sister. Maybe that sounds weird. And weird, but I think a lot of girls would be nodding their head like, yeah, I totally get it. Or having a threesome to please a guy. Like she's not wanting to date women. There are girls that I think don't want a label that appreciate the beauty of another female and are maybe just really horny and they're not, they don't want to call themselves bi or they would never date a woman or they don't like going down on women even. (laughs) So I think that... Like Sophia with an F, I listened to her podcast and she says that she's like, I don't like being put in a box because everyone always says, are you bi to her? And I think she, I mean, I cannot speak for her and her sexuality, but it seems like she just wants as a single woman living her life to be able to do what she wants without being labeled as this, this, or this. And my point of bringing that up is I think you hear that. you I've heard a lot of women say that, okay? And what you don't hear is a lot of men saying, yeah, I made out with uh, Abraham at the bar the other night because some girls were going to buy us drinks if we did that. You know, like you don't hear that. (laughs) You don't hear that he hooked up. I mean, now you do hear, I was like, you do hear about guys having sexual experiences with their best friend and another girl, but it's not like they're crossing swords or maybe they are, but you know, the narrative of it all has a different vibe. I guess that's my point. And wow, I didn't even know we were going to take that right turn down that lane, but we did. I did. Why do I say we? Me and you, you and I, both of us together. I apologize. Now back to freak number, men, women. You know, you know your own freak number. And if you like totally don't, I think that just, we can just leave it at that. You should, this is a nice little dare. I dare you to ask your partner if they think that y'all have freaky sex. Maybe that'll start some fights. Maybe that'll start some conversations that you need to have. So do you think we have kinky sex? And do you? And be like, I asked you fucking first, okay? So they have to answer first. And then you now know their answer and decide what you do with it. (laughs) So run. (laughs) No, but if you disagree, I mean, that will be eye-opening. There's a discussion to have. There's some ways you can... Think of how maybe you could zest it up or maybe if you're like, yeah, I think it's freaky and your partner's like, no, be like, okay, uh, daddy, what's your fa-fa-fa-fa fantasy or mommy, whatever. Life is too short. I'm going to say it louder for the people in the back. Life is too short not to share with your spouse what arouses you. It does not mean you have to go plan to reenact it next weekend, okay? I'm just saying, 
sharing, just fucking sharing. Sharing is caring. It's caring for you. It's caring for them. It's caring for the us. Just do it. Okay. Moving on. Freaky family, I must tell you, I come with good news of great joy. You want to get that freak number up? You want to liven things up in the bedroom? You want to feel more connected to your significant other? Do you want to explore new things? Do you want to learn about your body? Do you want to learn technique on how to please yourself and your partner? Well, look no further. Beducated.com the Netflix of sexual wellness. You heard me. You see, Beducated.com believes that sexual happiness is trainable. So it's this online platform where you can take courses. They have hundreds of courses. Every week they have new courses. So you're not getting bored. Like literally I can binge. I sit in front of my laptop. Sometimes I get popcorn because it's like jaw dropping worthy. I mean, I'm just being honest. When I watched how to give a prostate massage, it was intense. It was intense. And I'm like, Derek, can you please bend over? You know what I mean? It's it's one of those courses. <laughs> they have courses on strap-on play, on fingering, on breast massage, all the things, okay? You are going to be a pro. It is so worth it. And you can use my code, Jordan, to get one day access free to all of the courses. Like sit and have a day where you sit in your bed. You're probably going to get aroused, maybe, possibly. And learn. Fill yourself up with some good sexual wellness knowledge. Again, that's beducated.com. Code Jordan, one day free. With my code, you'll get 65% off a yearly subscription. Totally worth it. Experts are teaching these courses. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I will definitely make sure to put this info in the episode notes, beducated.com, code Jordan, J-O-R-D-Y-N. Trust me on this one. You're going to love it. Okay, everyone. It's your favorite part of the show. La 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 listener questions. I need a listener questions song, like a song that's specific to the listener questions. Okay, question number one. Here we go. From a female listener in regards to her boyfriend. Hey girl, I love the show. I wish you released episodes more than once a week because I'm all cut up and I don't have any good shit to listen to after Monday morning. (gasps) Thank you. You're my favorite person. So my question is this, my boyfriend and I have been together since high school. I've only been with one other person before him. Anyways, my boyfriend has a pretty big dick. I measured it once before I was curious and it was a bit over seven inches long and pretty thick too. Good for you for measuring it. It's a good to be certain, right? I love it for most positions except one version of missionary that leaves me sore if he goes really hard. So he's been begging me for anal the last year, and every time we try, I get scared and back out. My girls tell me to get drunk, but I don't drink. I just think anal with him is a non-starter. I'm all, I only giggled because I was thinking about the drinking. I've listened to Bootylicious many times, God bless you, for looking and for inspiration and tips, but I wanted to see if you had anything specific for dealing with this anxiety. Probably a Xanax. No, that's bad advice. 
<laughs> That's bad advice. I'm winking. But, you know, I don't want to be responsible for anyone's like death. So why don't you ask your doctor first? Tell him about your anxiety issue and see. I bet you he'll get that prescription pad out real quick. <laughs> but no, for serious advice, for serious advice. Truth be told, if you can't go through with it, I'm going to help you and give you tips. But if you can't, don't fucking do it. Like, do not do something you desperately, like, truly do not want to do because, like, does he want to do that? Does he want to do something that bad that you don't want that's causing you physical fucking pain? And this is coming from a pro-anal girl, like a girl who wants to inspire more women to try it. Now, I will shamelessly plug for a wellness right now just because I am a hype girl for their suppositories. There's really nothing else like it I've seen or bought before in my life. And I know that with certain numbing products, guys don't like it because they're like, that affects my dick. Like it makes my dick feel horrible. It's like lidocaine and now no, no, no one can feel. Okay. So there's these CBD suppositories and the CBD makes it definitely aids and the pain part. You would put that in probably 30 minutes or even 10 minutes before, let it do its thing. And it's, if he's wanting to go back there, he is choosing, okay? He knows the risks involved. So you do what you got to do. Lube is vital, okay? Vital. If he is just going to spin on that thing, be like, can you have a little bit of courtesy for my asshole? Because it's a virgin butthole. I'm being very, very explicit. If anyone's under 18, they should not be listening to this. Exit out, stay subscribed, but exit out. Okay. Tell your mom that she should probably be listening to this. Also, we need like an updated bootylicious, don't we? Don't we? And your boyfriend should be appreciative that you're willing, you're trying. I do suggest the missionary position. I don't know if that's in there in bootylicious, but if you're all caught up, then you know what I'm talking about. If you are looped up, you're aroused, you want to be turned on. So get out of your head, get present. He needs to be really, you know, going with the foreplay. Don't be in your head. Being present is the most important thing. And I know that can sound so challenging, especially when you're trying something new. It can be nerve wracking, but it's going to be better for your body. It's going to feel better. It's going to be enjoyable if you are present feeling all your senses and just heightened arousal, if you know what I mean. It's going to be better for both parties and your asshole. That's a very important party in this rendezvous. So, but if you try all your ways and you are willing and you are just like, this is not for me, then let it be. Okay. If that's a deal breaker for him, fuck him. Maybe, just maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe it'll be like, it wasn't that bad. Like once you get over the initial entrance, breathe, breath work, baby girl, breath work. It's just getting through that initial going in. And it's like, okay, he has a really big one. So if he has a really big dick, like, oh, I'm so sorry. That sucks. That fucking sucks. And it's his fault, not yours. I guarantee you, be like, hey, babe, can you make a replica of your dick for me to use as a dildo? Sure, babe. Hey, you can put it in my ass if I can use this thing in your ass. And if he agrees, then film it. But I don't think he will. I don't think he will. That's really all I got for you. I could elaborate and 
rant on about the same, basically the same things. So do what you got to do. And if you can't do it, you can't fucking do it. Also, I'll put the Forio Wellness ish in the episode notes. So code the horny housewife podcast 20. <laughs> okay. Question number two, is your podcast good for husbands or mostly just wives? Well, I hope you listened. And now you know that it's definitely enjoyed by both. Okay. So actually most of my listeners are male, like 73.5%. So always looking for the new ladies that if you know, you know, so tell a friend, all my lady listeners, make your fucking girlfriends listen, take their phones and just click subscribe and say, thank me later. Question number three, I love your podcast. Thank you. So, so, oh shit balls. Okay. Hold on. I love your podcast. I stumbled upon it and I haven't stopped listening. Thanks. I've jokingly talked to my wife about eating her ass. We've done it. We've done anal a handful of times, but I always have the thought of my tongue in her backside. Do some women get actual excitement to getting their asses eaten? I'm actually excited to answer this question. I am going to speak for all women. I'm going to speak for 90% of women. That's how ballsy I'm going to be when I say that I don't think they don't like it. Okay. Now, is there a percentage of that 90 that probably feels insecure and wants him to go away and might even make him go away, but they still liked it a lot. And they were just insecure about maybe the situation or this has never happened before. She's like, oh my God, I think I have a hemorrhoid and I just want him to get the fuck away. I don't know. But it doesn't mean she doesn't want him to please do that fucking again. Or maybe she is going to say like, no, oh my God, no, oh, not my butthole. And she's like, fuck, I wish I never said that. So I think that most girls like it. I think most girls will be like, yes, please. Yes, please. You'll hear a new kind of moan. So maybe she's not going to tell you, oh God, I wish you would eat my ass because she's a lady, you know, and she doesn't want to say that, but I vote, give it a try. And if something bad happens, let me know. And I'm so sorry. And there's nothing I can do for you. And I am not liable for any slaps you may take. And if she's going to slap you for doing that, then she's mean. Okay. And I'm sorry, ladies to hate, but if you don't want that to happen, you need to go tell your husband tonight, any lady listening, that's like, no, Set your husband down and say, please don't ever eat my ass. And just tell me how that goes. Just for my entertainment. Question number four. We got a bunch of psychopaths. Has your husband ever spanked you for discipline before? No, he has not. Is this because I call him daddy? Is that like, is that, is that why people are like, oh, domestic discipline? No, it's because I did an episode about domestic discipline. Nope. mm -mm, We are not into that. That doesn't happen. Does he spank me all the time? Like in passing? And I'm like, ow, yes. But is he like, you're being punished, you not? No, we don't do that. As far as like the kinky punishment, like dominating, I would rather more like erotic asphyxiation. Is that what we call it? A little light chokey choke. But yeah, I don't want, I don't want to be bent over and spanked like a schoolgirl unless that was my husband's, my lover's fantasy. And then I would definitely want to do it. But that's not his fantasy. So... 
and it's not mine either. Some weeks it's the strangest questions and I'm getting a lot of questions. So they're not all going to be read. I used to be so good about getting to them. And if you want to submit a question, you can go to my website, uh, thehornyhousewifepodcast.com, click confess and request and submit something that's truly anonymous. You can go to my Instagram underscore the horny housewife podcast and DM me there. And of course I will keep you anonymous. I get so many questions about like mismatched libido from men. My wife doesn't want to. And I will say that I talk about it all the time in episodes, the different factors. That's a topic we talk about on here all the time. How kids are a big cock block, what to do, how to be more intentional, how to prioritize physical affection, intimacy, have these conversations. So You know, I get the question a lot, but you'll find a lot of the answers in the podcast. So check out the archive. Now for the end of the show, the last segment, I have a very special guest that I'm talking with. We have a little conversation that I think you're really going to love. She is Bijou Finney. She is the mushroom mamacita. She is intelligent, interesting, and beautiful inside and out. I have her Instagram handle in the episode notes, so definitely go give her a follow and check her out once you hear what she (laughs) informs us about plant medicine and all the benefits and what she does for a living. You are definitely going to want to follow her for sure. We are talking everything from mushrooms, what they do to the brain, microdosing, big clarity trips, and exploring how using mushrooms as a catalyst, as a tool to explore your relationships, your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your peers, your colleagues, and most importantly, yourself. And she talks about her journey and how she basically used herself as a guinea pig. And now what she's doing today and helping people and entrepreneurs and couples, and it's fascinating. So without further ado, here is Bijou Finney. Okay, so how do I pronounce your name correctly? Bijou. Bijou. Yes. And you're the mushroom mamacita or microdosing mamacita? Mushroom mamacita, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to do a segment in an upcoming episode and talk about microdosing. And so I was mm-hmm. looking at like the questions that you had on your pod match and I figured you could enlighten my listeners, which... Uh, most of them are committed relationships, like long-term or married. And I get a lot of listener questions from both husbands and wives, you know, about how to deepen intimacy connection in and outside of the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And as far as psychedelics go, like with my experience with, um, mushrooms, like early twenties, I did it recreationally where, you know, like tripping balls and that kind of experience. And then nothing really after like 25, I don't think I really messed around. And then I lost my mom at 30 and then I tried microdosing, but I feel like once you enlighten me, I'll probably be like, okay, I didn't try microdosing because I gave it like a week and I tried it three times. I took my microdose and then I stopped because I felt intimidated. So Mm -hmm. I would love to hear all the things. Yeah, no, this is all great. I can work with all of that. Okay. So Bijou, how did you get 
Am I saying your name wrong, Bijou? I feel like no, I'm yeah, you're, okay. you're good. Uh-huh. How did how did you get into psychedelics and learning about all of this and interested? Um, so I was original originally an entrepreneur myself and helping entrepreneurs. Like I was uh, coaching them and working on um, some blocks with them. And um, I was really into biohacking and figuring out the best way for my life um, to just be a little bit more optimized. Um, So psychedelics kind of came on the table because of all of the Silicon Valley guys trying it. So my original hypothesis is that it would help my brain get a little bit more focused and um, potentially it would help me with stress. But what I realized um, on my own personal journey of testing everything on myself, it started having like a profound um, impact on my relationships and not only my relationships with my partner and my work colleagues, but also with myself. And so that's when I was like, hmm, there's something really here. So that's when I started um, figuring it out on on a bigger scale, like outside of microdosing into big clarity trips with my partner and with myself and really just uh, turned myself into a guinea pig for a couple of years. And so do you feel like when you say relationships with yourself, you mean like a lot being, it allows you to be more self-aware or introspective or think about things in a way you wouldn't normally? Yeah. So it's kind of all of the above, but, um, to be honest with you, I started working with, um, not, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of her, but Layla Martin has a Mm -hmm. course for sex, love and relationship coaches. And I, um, wanted to basically selfishly do it for myself, but (laughs) also because I realized that, a lot of entrepreneurs are affected by their home relationships and I wanted to be able to support them in a deeper way. And while I was doing her course, I understood a whole new version of connecting with myself. So that is like healing the parts of my body that were somewhat numb or disconnected Mm -hmm. or healing my relationship with myself and my body. And, um, Really, it's like a a self-love type experience, but then also um, listening to your intuition for the first time, potentially in your entire life. So there's a lot of layers to that side of it. And so for people who like don't know anything about mushrooms, what do they do to the brain? Yeah, so... On on a fundamental level, um, the majority of people see a stress relief because the ruminations in your mind of that, that small talk that, that chatter, that's like imposter syndrome, or Mm -hmm. I did that wrong, or, oh my God, I'm stressed about that. It kind of turns off for a little bit and it helps narrow pathways, um, reconnect in in a new way. So for instance, you might see novelty in something now, or you might be interested in something that you were not interested in before, kind of like your partner, maybe. Um, There's just so many different ways that mushrooms affect your brain. But um, how would you advise someone to go about microdosing? Because the way I went about it was, so I live in the Pacific Northwest. So 
uh, you can like readily find them, you know, here on the coast, actually, mm-hmm. like growing in nature. Like now I know just weed is legal here. So everyone goes to the store and it's like all regulated and blah, blah, blah. But you can find the mushrooms here just growing. And so I had some, they were dried and I had grounded them all up into a powder and then got a little measuring tool on Amazon. <laughs> And I'm putting it in little clear capsules, but I have no idea what, what I'm doing, how much I'm supposed to put in. Like I, that's the wrong way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. So (laughs) I, (laughs) um, that's kind of, I did the same thing. You're not um, totally off board. Like, uh, I didn't really have, um, a lot of support in the beginning. I was kind of just turning myself into a guinea pig and a mad scientist. But um, what I did realize is that you're going to be much more successful and consistent with it when you have support one, but two, uh, a protocol to follow. And it takes you a minute to figure out what the right dose and strain and protocol is for you, depending on what your goals are or how much trauma you have to pass. But um, that's kind of why I developed the guide that I did. That kind of gives you a little bit of insight into how it affects your brain, how you can figure out the right protocol, or you can talk to someone like me and we can walk through, okay, I think this is the right strain for you. Let's try this dose for a little bit and then go into this and and see what happens over time. So it's really all about being comfortable enough to either go at it on your own or uh, get uh, support from someone like me to help you. So you actually coach when work with people through and like through this process and journey. Yeah. So um, on a, on a small scale, I can just help people figure out what the right protocol and like regimen is for them. But on a bigger scale, some of my clients need more support than that. So what will happen is um, like potentially you were saying you were utilizing microdosing to kind of help you process some grief grief and and trauma, but um, it's really hard to do that by yourself. So at times my clients will call me after they've taken their microdose um, or they might even take a teeny bit more than a microdose. Mm -hmm. And we'll actually walk through a session where I ask them questions and we go deeper into their psyche to understand their blocks and their trauma and their grief. And then we have actionable steps they can do to actually repair that or change that once they become like right mind again, once they become sober again. So um, it really depends on how much support someone needs, but the, typically the more support you have, the better, the better. off you'll be. Right. Yeah. Because like in my experience, when I've used psychedelics, uh, atmosphere and support is a huge factor in that. And I feel like when I was microdosing, it was so I'm alive and a stay at home mom and doing my podcast and my thing. And I was, I felt like every time I took a dose, the times I did, I, I had a lot of anxiety about it. Cause I was like fearful about, you know, did I accidentally put too much? And so when that first like initial set in, which is like 10 minutes where I actually felt something kind of that yeah. makes sense, the buildup or anticipation that really was uncomfortable for me. And so then I just felt different and I felt very 
like my mom just kept coming up in my head and it was like something I was wanting to push to the side because Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I need to be a mother and a wife and I can't just be like crying about my mom. Yeah, that's exactly, that's the experience that, I mean, everyone has about everything in their Mm -hmm. life is that we don't really have the space and time to deal with uh, past indiscretions or grief or anything. So we kind of just push it off to the side and really taking the time to have some support and a catalyst to do this. So for instance, if you had just gone to talk therapy, a lot of times people don't see um, real results after a lot of talk therapy because Mm -hmm. sometimes they will lie to their therapist because they will feel judged or sometimes they just don't want to deal with it or they'll just end up like ruminating and talking about the same thing over and over again where a shitty therapist <laughs> <laughs> well so, some people just don't really see results because yeah. they're really locked up in a certain way even if they have an amazing therapist our minds are these steel traps at times mm-hmm. that won't really allow us to shake some stuff free so psychedelics you cannot lie to yourself and you cannot uh, lie to the person that you're working with you just open up and it's a very intimate and deep experience where you can really find some of those things that are triggering you or these weird like back of the mind experiences that happened in in, in your like past stuff you've repressed Yes, they're still affecting you to this day. And then once you move them, you feel so much lighter and clearer and happier that you really understand the importance of the work. And then you want to continue to keep doing it. Yeah, you were definitely a beautiful experience. Yeah, I mean, you were probably feeling very alone and scared that you might be taking too much or not fresh. And I think I just like, didn't want to feel those feelings, but I have, it's now it's been two years and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's crying and allowing myself to take space away from my family to feel the feelings is the only way that I've, I've healed because bottling it all up does nothing but delay it for a later time, you know? Well, it delays it, but it can also um, manifest as disease, unfortunately. I think that's one of the main reasons people are so sick and unhappy is because we don't have time to process normal life stress or huge experiences in our lives. So, yeah, this is a great catalyst, a tool to be able to use and and it it forces you to take time to be away from everyone to give yourself that moment and it's it's beautiful um when you do it right and it's it's nice to see i mean the stigma around mushrooms has really 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 changed and i feel like i mean there are places that are aren't there places medicinally like yeah. turning towards it mm-hmm. and yeah there uh, are um there is um it's legalized it's uh decriminalized i guess in, in um certain cities and um i believe the where time, i live yeah uh-huh yeah for the first time in 50 years the government just gave john hopkins 50 million dollars for research on it so it's finally getting the press that it deserves yeah. but i just hope that it doesn't go down some of the paths that other medicines have gone down i hope that it stays uh, pure and uh, 
spiritual. Once it's regulated, yeah, and then becomes about money, then it gets exactly different. That's the thing is that they might try to lock it into a clinical setting where a doctor has never done it before, but they're just going to hold your hand through a very like tight and concise, uh, synthesized amount of it. And I'm I might be a purist, but I believe that it should be the the intelligent mushroom room itself that is helping you and that you potentially do it with someone who has had hundreds of trips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that they can really understand what you're going through. And it that sense of community is so much more profound and impactful. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would be I feel like the doctor setting that'd be terrible. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening right now in all of the clinical trials. Like you kind of just sit in a room with I, uh, with a blindfold on and someone's just holding your hand. Whereas like when I do retreats with people, it's like in nature for part of it in a really, um, perfectly set, set and setting in a beautiful room. Like it's like a totally different experience. Wow. And so how can, I'm like, I'm really interested. Okay. So how do you host these retreats and experience? Like, tell me how people can find your page and content and information. Yeah. So I talk a lot about, um, all of this on my Instagram. I'm super active on there and I get a lot of people asking me questions. Um, it's really easy to book a call with me through my Instagram bio to kind of, uh, get a little bit more of a customized approach to what your goals are and what you're dealing with. Um, but depending on like, for instance, I'm going to Costa Rica in a couple of weeks to do a retreat there, but we also do it in places, um, where it's legal and sometimes even in, um, people's cities in really nice Airbnbs. It's, it's a whole new world, (laughs) uh, that allows people to really experience, have you Something ever come to, they, Portland? <laughs> ever come to Portland? I, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh I have something God. planned in a couple of months. Um, but Is yeah. It full? It's, no, um, I will, I will you get you that me. information, but yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this unfolds. Um, I, I'm watching Decriminalize Nature, which is an organization that's helping it get up in legislation as high as it can in a lot of places. And it's really getting through in a lot of places, but stalling in some. And I'm really hoping that in the next couple of years, we see um, it opening up since yeah. it is safe and it's not habit forming and with the right support, it is has a ton of therapeutic benefits. Effective. Yeah, exactly. Do you microdose regularly? I do. Yeah. You do. And how often do you take a dose? Every fourth so, day? So it really depends on the person, but okay. you definitely don't want to develop a tolerance because then you'll just end up paying for more mushrooms mm-hmm. to just get the same effect. But um, a really good method that I've seen, especially for entrepreneurs, is like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday situation, um, three day, three weeks a month, one week off. So you can actually experience what I like to call the afterglow effect, which is the lightness that you kind of feel after the microdoses kind of help you deal with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really depends on on the person's schedule and what they're trying to do with it. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of, it's very 
customized. There's so much nuance to it that that's why I got really passionate about helping people with it because there are so many so tiny many different situations. Factors, yeah. yeah, that yeah. It, you could feel very alone and lost if you try to do it by yourself. Um, Have but, you ever worked with couples? Oh yeah. So the two um, the two groups that I'm very um, passionate about helping is kind of why I went to school for the facilitator training that I did and the love, sex, and relationship coaching that I did um, was for couples and entrepreneurs. So. I have um, a microdosing guide for entrepreneurs, but I also have a couple tripping guide for couples who are trying to do light therapeutic bonding trips or deeper um, moving of past issues trips with each other safely. So interesting and fascinating. I really have gotten much more healing out of long, slower beautiful trips on mushrooms where I can actually, um, have the time to process it. Yeah. Like I can have a conversation with my partner or I can speak to my subconscious or I can download messages from the mushrooms. So it, I personally am like, I'm the mushroom on Masita because yeah. I truly love them. Um, but I mean, that's not to say that ayahuasca wasn't beautiful and that DMT wasn't beautiful. It's just, uh, there's a time and a place for those. I don't think you can do them as frequently in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you incorporate cannabis with all of these? So it depends um, on the cannabis and the person. At times, like whenever I go on a big clarity trip or a big rebonding trip with my partner, Um, Sometimes it's nice at the very end to have a little bit of cannabis to kind of like mellow it out. Mm -hmm. But um, I I definitely do like self-pleasure practices on cannabis uh, because I can really drop into my body a lot better as well. So it really Mm -hmm. just depends on what I'm working on. Very interesting. Very interesting. So I'm going to put your, um, your Instagram handle and where everyone can find you in my description box. And so do you offer, like, what is your business? Do you, is it around mushrooms? Yeah. So, um, a lot of it is consulting and then a lot of it is like therapeutic sessions, um, or coaching. So essentially, what I do with some of my clients is that we figure out what the right protocol is for them. We figure out what they actually want to work on, what their desires are or what their blocks might be. And then from that information, I kind of tailor um, a program for them. And we typically um, have our sessions while they're under the influence of psilocybin. So we do it virtually and they, um, We'll take their psilocybin and then we will work through a session together, typically a very healing session, and we get a lot of clarity out of it. And then at the end of it, we figure out what actionable steps, like I said, that they can take to take it into their life so they actually integrate it and they are actually seeing some change. Um, But I've also helped people on retreats as well. So yeah, it's like a combination of coaching and psychedelic facilitation. 
That is super cool and super interested. And I really want to do it. (laughs) And I really want to do it. Very, very cool. I feel like, you know, with therapy, I feel like I've gotten cynical about talk therapy. Just, um, or more so feeling like, you know, when you meet a therapist, I feel like there's so much I have to unload with them or they have to get to know all the little things and then it's going to take time. And then they make money off of me needing them to help me, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like me needing them. And so I feel like I'm this lifelong client to them. Well, that is the beauty of mushrooms, in my opinion, is that if you have the right program and the right facilitation um, to really see some change, it happens fast and it also has a beautiful residual effect. So a lot of people will have one or two profound trips or one really diligent stint with microdosing and see months and months and months and months of change. Mm-hmm. So um, they're also very inexpensive um, and, or you could just grow them yourself. So yeah. uh, that's kind of the beauty of them is that they help so many people in so many different ways. They're not that expensive and they really remind you of your own power because mm-hmm. that's the number one thing is that most coaching and most, most therapy and most consumerism is mm-hmm. you're not enough. You need this pill, this, you this need this program, you need this, where the number one thing that mushrooms have done for me is remind me of my own individual power. That's beautiful. Well, very interesting. Thank you, Bijou, for informing my, my listeners. I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. Hi, Freaky Family. It's Jordan. I hope you liked my conversation with Bijou Finney, the Mushroom Mamacita. She is very cool, very knowledgeable, uh, all around great and interesting, right? Does everybody want to go eat mushrooms now, right? I do. I will see you all next week. Go add me on Instagram, underscore the Horny Housewife podcast. You know I need the followers. Go see me on TikTok. I go live every week at the horny housewife and subscribe. If you're not subscribed, you're dead to me. See you next week. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.